Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Melody Wilding. Melody is an executive and leadership coach, a licensed social worker, and a professor at Hunter College. Her work has appeared in Harvard Business Review, Forbes, Business Insider, and other major outlets, and she has just come out with a great new book called Trust Yourself, Stop Overthinking, and Channel Your Emotions for Success at Work. Melody, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So what do you wish more people knew? I wish more people knew that your sensitivity is a strength and your greatest superpower when leveraged correctly. So you talk about in the book, something called a sensitive striver. What is that? It's a great term, but tell us a little bit more. Yeah. A sensitive striver is someone who is highly sensitive, meaning they think and feel everything more deeply. They're observant, perceptive of the world around them. They have a more highly attuned central nervous system. They are also high achieving, which means they're, they're driven. They love going for goals. They are someone who wants to make an impact in their career, but at the same time, they may put too much pressure on themselves to succeed and, and really be their own worst critic. So how would somebody know that necessarily? I, I think of high achievers as being a, you know, fairly self-aware, but in terms of meeting the criteria for being a sensitive striver, what are some ways that people might self-identify like that? Yeah, you can know you're a sensitive striver if you are someone who, like I said, thinks and feels everything more deeply. So you may have more intense, complex emotional responses. You have a strong desire to exceed expectations in every aspect of your life, everything like that you do. You are determined, you push yourself to achieve goals. Um, you are kind, compassionate, and empathetic to others. People so this sounds like who, someone I'd like to hire. <laughs> so, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, so how come people may sometimes feel inhibited about these parts of themselves? Do, do people in your experience try to disguise rather than disclose these mm -hmm. aspects? That's a great way to put it, disguising rather than disclosing. And absolutely, we're taught that sensitivity equals weakness, right? It's not something you want to be, which is exactly why I want to use this term sensitive striver to really rebrand and take back that word sensitivity as a strength. And so all of us, you know, certainly as someone who is a sensitive striver myself, grew up being told, why are you so sensitive? Stop taking things so personally. You're so high maintenance, right? Why are you so affected by everything that goes on around you? Can't you just get over it? And so as a result of that conditioning and those messages, we bury it. We try to hide it. And my own story is that I hid my sensitivity and really tried to squelch it so much that it led me to a severe burnout. And I think that's what happens when you try to be inauthentic and disguise who you are, that it creates this inner war. It takes so much more energy rather than leaning into those natural strengths, those innate capacities that you have. And really that takes so much less energy to just be who you are very naturally. So is it just a question of showing up at work and being more authentic or, or are there specific strategies or steps that you would encourage sensitive strivers to take to embrace that part of themselves and to show it fully to everyone around them? 
Yes, absolutely. Because as sensitive strivers, we're not given, we're not given the tools to understand our sensitivity and to leverage it correctly. And what ends up happening is that many of our qualities, for example, our thoughtfulness, uh, we are deep thinkers, we are critical thinkers, but if that quality, if we don't have the right tools to manage it can become a hindrance, can lead to overthinking, worrying, rumination. And so the, in the book, I actually provide a framework for breaking down and understanding your qualities as a sensitive striver and really beginning to map where you are most in balance versus out of balance. And the book takes you through uh, first and foremost, understanding who you are as a sensitive striver, building more self-acceptance, self-awareness, and understanding that this is not a flaw. This is a very real biological trait, but then secondarily moving out of self-sabotage since we need to clear all of those, uh, bad habits and limiting beliefs that are standing in your way to actually help you start redefining success, start ste stepping into your power. So it sounds like there are, are many things that, that individuals who are sensitive strivers can do and should do to, to embrace that part of themselves, reduce some of the barriers, brings down some of those barriers that are getting in the way of their uh, top peak performance. But are there things that you think that leaders could do to become more aware of or more supportive of people like that in the workplace? Absolutely. And the fact that you're even asking this and that people in your audience are asking this speaks to the type of leaders they are. So I am just so glad to hear that. But a, a couple of things that when I work with leaders, I share with them. So realizing that sensitive strivers are, are about 20% of the population. So they're one in five people, which means that you either are one or you manage one or work with one in some capacity. So very important to know how to get the best out of them. Uh, first tip I would recommend is really owning your role as a leader, being aware of your own behavior. Since sensitive strivers are observing you, they are looking to your behavior as an example. And if you overwork their higher achiever side, they will overwork. So making sure that you are setting the right example in terms of taking your vacation, being authentic and vulnerable, showing them that you don't have all the answers all of the time, because these are people who are very much perfectionists who struggle with imposter syndrome. So if there is a dynamic in the workplace and in the team that it's not okay to speak up unless I have the exact right thing to say, they're not going to. So really being the one to set that tone that it's okay. And these are people who will not use that information against you. So that's the first thing I would say. Nice. The next is making more space for deep thinking. Sensitive strivers are people who need time for reflection. They need time for processing. That's part of our superpower is we're more attuned to the environment. We take in more information. We process that information more deeply. And if given time for deeper reflection, that's where our original thinking, that's where our ability to spot nuances or anticipate eventualities, see new business opportunities, uh, unearth roadblocks that may, you know, uh, and, and gaps that may save valuable time and money. So really making sure that you are giving people opportunities for periods of do not disturb time. I have leaders who have instituted no meeting days. Um, and just being aware that, um, these are people who do not do well with being put on the spot. So in a meeting, 
offering a prompt and then giving people some time to think about it and provide feedback afterwards. That's how you'll get the best out of them. Yeah. So a little giving them the space to be able to be reflective, to be intentional in their work, setting the right example for them so that they don't uh, lean too heavily on those parts of themselves that improperly channeled can lead to burnout and, and other negative forces. And then for the sensitive striver himself or herself, being more tuned to these signals and thinking about how to really apply those strengths in the best possible way. That's exactly right. And asking for what you need, right? Ask, asking for that space and having conversations around, if I give you feedback, what's the way to do that? How do you work when you're at your best? And really having those explicit conversations to set up conditions that work best for everyone. The book is Trust Yourself. The author is Melody Wilding. Melody, thank you for sharing your wish with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.